2: Hey, what's up? Tuesday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for joining us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Book your tee time for the oaks or the azaleas online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. You want to be a part of the conversation? Love for you to join us on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Seaspire Business. Learn more at cspire.com slash business. Alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. Fellows, happy Tuesday to you. We are one day closer to the start of the college football season. Not quite there yet, a couple of months away still, but it's starting to feel real, and I don't know. I, I was out last week, but I feel like in two days I'm I'm sounding like a broken record. But I kind of feel that's where we are. It's like, hey... We're a day closer, start of, starting to feel a little bit more like college football season. And now that we've got a big off-season scandal, it feels like it's really just right around the corner. I'm not making light of the scandal, but uh, almost it feels every like July, man, almost always one. Yeah.
3: It's July. It's late June or July. Uh, the, the big news drops. And it's not always scandalous, right? But it was... We found out Texas and Oklahoma were joining the SEC in July. That you Freeze thing happened in July. It, it's you, you get one of these every year. It feels like.
2: Yeah, was it Chris Fanini on uh, on Twitter that kind of outlined the last five seasons? or like, hey, we talk about this being kind of the dead time in uh, in college football, but when you look back at the last five off-seasons, I think it was, or think it is, then uh, you can see some of those things that Borky was pointing to as well. Some big-time scandals that have happened in the off-season. The conference realignment news seems to pop around uh, this time of year. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Downtime not good for anybody, maybe. I mean, it feels like a little bit of downtime is good for everybody, but a lot of downtime is yeah. almost bad for everybody or bad for almost everybody.
3: There's a lot of people at about 1 a.m. that have some downtime. Sorry for another day, but I think that uh, my phone number is close to that of a drug dealer's um, because for the fourth time I've had somebody call me in the wee hours of the morning asking for uh, an O or a G. So, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, and it, it's, it's people from South Carolina. I still have a South Carolina phone number. When so you not say like,
2: it's happened four times, Do you mean it's like it's happened the last four nights? Or no, this it's four times happened. recently. Okay,
3: and, and I don't know if uh, his name is Logan or L, depending on who's reaching out to him, um, but. The, the, there are people in South Carolina that are that are looking to score and uh I, I'm apparently a really good goalie because they, they, they hit dead ends when they reach me but last night I got a call at 1 a.m and I didn't answer and he texted me he's like hey yeah, hey l can I get an o I was like no <laughs> no no you can't I'm a
2: a, a, a wrong number dude Hey, hey! next time you get a message like that, and I'm really disappointed that uh, even in your sleeping stupor at 1.30 in the morning, you didn't respond, what do I look like, Vanna White? I mean, <sighs> come on, who do you think I am, Pat Sajak? Uh, they wouldn't get it, probably. What they wouldn't are, get it, uh, probably, Now, What are an O and a G? Ounce and a... Oh, come around. What, hey dad? <laughs> I mean, what what did you think it was? <laughs> I honestly didn't know. It's why I asked the question. Yeah, the uh, it's a unit of measurement.
3: The mm. the most recent guy actually uh, wanted me. He he texted me and just said "yo" with a bunch of exclamation points, and he said, "Tell Lily or however she spell her name that I want her number." <laughs> and I, did I said, you respond? I, I sent him a, a gif from uh, from a TV show. Uh, a guy saying, uh, no. And he said, why? I told you to ask her. He said, not just violate is the word he used. I don't know what that means. And then I said, violate, D's," and then and, and he said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, oh I wouldn't gosh. show it, but I might get in trouble, but yeah, it's there. And then he said, who is
1: this? Morky. <laughs> You're gonna get some poor guy assaulted in South Carolina. Some guy's just sitting there. He's peacefully selling his um, his product, and somebody's gonna kick the door in and be like, "Did you say
2: this?"
3: <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm Logan, the drug dealer in somewhere in upstate South Carolina. Apparently, hold
2: on a second. He's gotten a little bit better about it, but there's about a 50-50 chance that if I text Michael Borky anytime after 6 p.m., I'm not getting a get response. Him. But now a guy who thinks he's a drug dealer in South Carolina can get a quick-like response at 1.30 in the morning?
1: Well, well
2: they you wake know, me up, and,
1: and, and then it makes me mad, and so... He doesn't want to respond to his primary job, only his secondary job oh, as, you know, yeah. the scarface of, of uh, upstate South Carolina. Buddy,
3: inflation is, has hit the industry. At least that's what I'm going to go with. And uh, prices have gone wait, up. Wait,
1: a few more weeks, he'll be wearing, a, like, a white suit with a pink shirt. Walking around like, today on the program, man, we got some good stuff. What about those cockroaches from Mississippi State?
2: C text line Tell them to come on over You can get two for the price of one If you get here in 30 minutes <laughs> Mike, you know we love you I'm not going to read that one on the air though Sorry about that uh, I turn on the radio My Adam and Monticello says oh And we're talking about ans- ounces and grams What's going on guys? Adam, uh, a, a, my phone number
3: Is apparently extremely close To that of a drug dealer In upstate South Carolina Because I have over the last couple of weeks Been woken up in the early hours of the morning for people looking to uh, buy from me, is what they're looking for.
1: I thought, you know, I had my phone number used to be something that was close to like a Bancor South uh, service line. And people would call me, and now when I said hello, it just completely threw them off. They were like, "This is this Bancor South? I'm like, no, but if you want to give me your account information, I'll take it.
2: Uh, my number <laughs> is never did. one number off. From the hospital at Oxford, and oh, so for, oh, no yeah not good. I've, I've I've gotten a lot of I, I don't get those as much anymore. The frustrating one was like, uh, yeah, can you ring room two eleven I'm like, yeah, it's in the hospital, and then they'll be like, "Is this what? not you know say the number, I'm like, uh no, it's not, nope, and they're mad, they're mad at me, and they hang up, <laughs> they're mad and at then you. what happens, yeah. They, they call, back. call
1: back. I know, still
2: not the hospital. Hey, uh, so I
1: guess. back in the uh, oh, never mind, I guess. Go story. ahead. No, please. So, back in the day of the pizza days, mm-hmm. our our phone number here in Starville was 662-323-7272, which back on the old phones where there were letters, spells out Papa, right? There's a business here in town called Starville Computers. Their phone number was 324-7272. Mm. And I occasionally got phone calls asking me about hard drives and printers, and then I'd be like, I I, I don't know, but I'll tell you who does, and I'd give them the phone number. But they got enough phone calls that I I told them, I was like, I should just give you guys a terminal and, like, teach you how to do it. They said they got at least 15 to 20 phone calls a day asking for Pete's.
2: Hey, can I get a large pepperoni? Tell me about your specials. (laughs) Nope. Nope. Can't get any of that here. Click. Click. That
3: yeah. kind of reminds me of, uh, yeah. of Jeff Duncan, uh, who, who who covers the Saints. There's apparently a politician, and I don't know the politician Jeff Duncan, uh, who makes people angry all the time.
1: Yeah, And, and yeah, he yeah. gets
3: a, yeah. the nastiest stuff sent to him because they think that he's the
2: politician that they don't like. All the time. United States Representative There's... Jeff Duncan, representing the 3rd District of... Of Texas, South Carolina. Oh, wow. Okay, South Carolina. Yeah, Uh yeah. I did did know that. How do you not know the name of a congressman in your home state? Well, because I live here now. Yeah, but and I've I've lived here for quite some time, and I vote here. And yes, but but you, Michael Borky, are you, you kind of pay attention to the news? Now, I would not expect Brian Haydad to know the names of the congressman in his current state, which is also his home state. For his entire life. He's he's blinking and thinking.
1: I know two of them, I think.
2: Okay. Well, well, good.
3: I did have a uh, a very nice gentleman knock on my door hey, campaigning Dad. for his wife for a local election. And I was really nice to him. So, progress. Progress. You're,
1: progress You're getting you. better.
3: Because um, hey, he Dad. was nice. I opened the door and he, he just said, hey, I know this is really annoying, but my wife is running for this office, and she lives right down the street, you know, here's a flyer, there's her website, sorry to bother you, I'll leave you alone. And I was like, thank you, that's how you should do this. Are you going to vote for her? I like what her website said about her. Okay. So, and she there lives you. in my neighborhood, I can go knock on our door and, you know, just yell at her Complain. face if I don't like her, I guess.
2: Yeah. I was just going to let hey dad know that uh, Trent Lott and Thad Cochran are no longer serving as senators. I that. I knew
1: that. <laughs> I know the senators for sure, and they were senators, the
2: senators, not uh, not congressmen. Also, I knew I knew that. Yeah, man. Yeah. There you go. All right, sports talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm, FM, SuperTalk TV. Speaking of the New Orleans Saints, which Morky reckoned uh, referenced just a second ago, some good news today.
0: Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: New State's Saints running back Alvin Kamara has agreed to plead no contest to a misdemeanor charge of breach of peace for his involvement in a 2022 fight in Las Vegas. Kamara and three other men were initially facing misdemeanor charges of conspiracy to commit battery and a felony charge of battery with substantial bodily harm. However, Alvin Kamara is no longer facing felony charges after accepting the plea deal, according to his attorney. 30 hours of community service and paying the alleged victim in the fight $105,000 for medical bills. I'm not sure why it's an alleged victim. We got video. There, there was a victim.
3: Oh, oh, he's a victim. There's pictures of his face, too.
2: Yeah. He was very much a victim. Uh, attorney says Alvin is pleased that this matter is behind him and looks forward to a successful... NFL season. Um, They're indicted by the grand jury February of this year. Hearings for the case were continued several times throughout 2022, conveniently getting Kamara through the football season. Uh, the alleged victim, Darnell Green, again, we have video and pictures, accused Kamara and the other men of beating him and then stomping on him while he was unconscious. True. Green initially requested damages of $10 million from Kamara. Hmm. But apparently, according to this story from from Kat Terrell, or Terrell at ESPN now, um, a notice of removal in Louisiana court last November said that Kamara had never actually been served with the lawsuit. And they reached a private settlement on July 10th. There's gotta be more to the settlement than just hundred and five thousand dollars for medical bills. If the dude was asking for ten mil and he settled for a hundred and five thousand. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? Kinda does. Nope. I don't I don't wonder
1: about it at all. It's just a small blip on the radar on the way to seventeen or now.
3: Um Yeah, and so getting Jamal Williams I mean, they needed Jamal Williams. They Mark Ingram retired. He needed to. By the way, Mark Ingram's going to be on uh, Big Noon Kickoff, I think, uh, moving That's right. forward. Yes. Uh, they, they hired an Alabama guy to, to cover non-SEC. Good for Abby. He's personable and funny, and he's going to mm-hmm. do well. But um, they needed a backup, but it feels less important now because the NFL has yet to hand down a punishment for him. They wait until it's all done before they do, generally speaking, and had the felony stuck, apparently, a year would have been on the table. But since it's just a misdemeanor now, even though there's pictures and video, which hurts his case. Sure. They're looking at, based on precedent Four six games somewhere in that neighborhood. So he's going to miss time this year. It's going to happen. He's going to get suspended. Suspension
2: statement from the NFL earlier today said we have been closely monitoring all developments in the matter, which remains under review. The NFL, to its credit, lists assault and battery as a form of prohibited conduct in its official personal conduct policy and says that any player found to have engaged in that conduct could be subject to discipline, even if there is no criminal uh, conviction. League policy says this, it is not enough simply to avoid being found guilty of a crime. We are all held to a higher standard, must conduct ourselves in a way that is responsible, promotes the values of the NFL, and is lawful. Now, if getting into one of these fights generated revenue for the NFL, then not only (laughs) would they not be suspended... They would actually get a promotion and would get to be a free agent one year sooner. Um, but because this is a, uh, a, a stain on the shield, rather than a revenue-generating incident, uh, there will be punishment coming. Players convicted of a crime or subject to a uh, disposition of a criminal seating proceeding are subject to discipline. And that's some lawyer wording there. Yeah, it is. NFL's probably got good ones. They can afford them because they make lots of money as an entity. So, um, four to six games, that's your guess? I would
3: probably, because there's video and pictures, I expect it to be more, like like on the six range as opposed to four.
2: Okay.
1: One of our favorite guys, Nick Underhill, says he's betting the under on six. Really? Oh, good. Well,
2: me too. <laughs> well, if he thinks that, right, I mean, how the yeah, uh, Underhill's that good at covering. He's the, the guy Saints, that, that,
1: that he's connected, so I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for sure.
2: Let's say that it's six games. This is how the season begins for the Saints. They open up uh, against the Tennessee Titans at home. They go to Carolina. They go to Green nothing,
1: Bay. Forty-one-seven, 38 nothing.
3: I don't know about you, Richard. Uh, I know every Ole Miss fan I've talked to wants to. They're not even Saints fans, and they want to double up that weekend. So the Saints season opener is the same weekend Ole Miss is at Tulane. Those -hmm. games are on back-to-back days. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, what a football weekend that would be. Like, I had a buddy that asked me to go down uh, to do that, and, like, I can't afford to go to both games. I mean, I could get credentialed to the Ole Miss game, I suppose. But um, that would rule. To do both
2: of those back-to-back?
1: I did that once with State. Incredible. So much fun. Except for State losing the game. But other than that.
2: Maybe you could crowdsource some uh, Saints tickets on the radio, and uh, we'll, hey, Dad, and I'll float you alone on the uh, the ticket for the Ole Miss game. and You can have a heck of a weekend. Well, honestly, 2.30 kickoff
3: in New Orleans, I, I might just apply for a credential and, and sit in the press box, even though I hate sitting in
1: press boxes. Hmm. Because, well... Is Haydad the name of the mouse you have in your pocket that's going to be helping him with that loan? I'm trying to figure out how I got stuck into that.
2: Dude, the tickets are 100 bucks. You can give him 50 You can loan him $50. I'll take care of the other $50. We'll loan it, and uh, the, we'll charge a hefty juice loan shark interest is rate. The juice Heck yeah! Forty-five percent. The juice starts
1: running the minute the minute I hand them the money. Yeah.
2: yeah I was I was thinking like
3: twenty-nine percent. You don't even need a loan shark, me. You can just do what the Fed does, uh, just whatever their interest rate is, and you can, yeah, you'll you'll get five hundred dollars in a month at this rate.
2: Uh, so again, the Saints schedule: Tennessee at Carolina at Green Bay, home for the uh, team formerly known as Tampa Bay. They're back to just being Tampa Bay now. Uh, Baker Mayfield. go to New England and go to Houston. So four of those six on the road.
1: Yeah. Average margin of victory, 28 points. I can feel it.
2: What's the Saints record in those first six games? Without Alvin Kamara? Four and two. Okay. If they get out, yeah, because, I mean, you, you've got
3: rookie contracts, uh, contracts, rookie quarterbacks in there. So, I mean, it, it's it's a bad Texans team if, if it gets that far. Um The Titans are a disaster, offensively, right now anyway, and you get them at home. Uh, The the Panthers are breaking in a rookie quarterback. That's Bryce Young's first home start, I believe, Mm -hmm. um, in Week 2. So those are games that on paper
2: you should feel really good about, especially with what you return defensively. If I gave you 3-3 and with no Camara, knowing that the next four games are Jacksonville- at Indianapolis, Chicago, and at Minnesota, Ooh. would you take three and three? What is it? What does that three
3: and three look like? Is it some of their wins last year where defensively they were so dominant and won twelve to nine, or or do they look competent otherwise? They're just missing their most explosive offensive player.
2: Yeah, I don't know that. I mean, I'd give you the wins against Tennessee and against Carolina and against uh, Houston. So that would mean there would be Not a three Tampa game losing Baker, Mayfield skid in there. Come
1: on, come on now. Or or Kyle Trask. Oh, that's yeah. well that that but, would change my. They, opinion. they
2: like him down there apparently. Well, he had a pretty good season at Florida. He did. A good player. Three years
1: ago, that was. I remember that. Yeah.
3: So we haven't talked, by the way, because this isn't really our thing, but we have yet to talk about uh, Tom Brady being linked to Kim Kardashian.
2: No, not really our thing. It's been it's more, not a, but, uh, in Dave Portnoy's wheelhouse but, uh, but, lately.
1: But good for him if
2: true. But Bucks fans should Is
1: it?
2: I mean, is it good for him? I
3: mean, he'll be fine. She's a grim reaper, man. Look at what Dude, it what, Look at what is left was, behind.
2: Like I look, I have no idea what was going on at home. And look, I understand that everybody has their own taste. You know, like they're they're too uh, eye of the beholder and all that good stuff. <laughs> he was married to one of the most beautiful women on planet Earth, mm-hmm. and now he's linked to Kim Kardashian.
1: I'm thinking, Bork. I'm thinking of Butters, where he's like, "I like my women like Kim Kardashian." <laughs> uh. Just
3: <laughs> it, 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 he just better be glad that his playing career is over.
1: Yeah, if his, if he was still playing, I would take the Bucks to go like five and uh, five and twelve this year. And five
2: would be a stretch. Oh, uh, David, I don't think I can read that. That's funny though. The um, commissioner doesn't like the Saints. Keith Invaden says he'll probably suspend Kamara for a year. Uh, Kendra Miller. Ooh, ooh. how about this? Kendra Miller will be the starter for the Saints by December. He is a Camara clone. The tape does look the same. Yeah.
3: I like Jamal Williams a lot,
2: though. He was really good when he was healthy for TCU last year. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi.
4: Nothing brings and forms a lasting bond like
0: sports sports talk mississippi covering your favorite teams like no one else on the supertalk app supertalk.fm and on your local supertalk mississippi radio station
2: Admission. I have uh, traditionally liked the home run derby, but there was a, uh, a bit of a television embargo at uh, at the cross house last night uh, for my children who had consumed too much in the way of electronics throughout the course of the day and maybe the uh, the previous days, and so TV never got turned on last night. So I did not see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit. 328 home runs. Um, did you guys watch the Home Run Derby last night? No.
1: Nope.
3: I did a little, yeah. And and honestly, you know, you spent some time yesterday talking about how Major League Baseball did a really good thing with the draft. I didn't know it was happening. I, I didn't know the you home didn't run know derby this was all star
2: weekend, all star okay, all star games tonight. And so I, I
3: get home, I had a couple of things to do, and then I, I finally sit down and I, I pull up my phone, and it's like, wow, this all star or this home run derby's nuts. And I thought home run derby, and I put it on and watched the end of it. I, I was completely taken aback by the fact that I did not know that the home run derby was last night until it was going on.
1: The format has gotten... Isn't it a week early? Isn't it always a week of SEC Media Days, I thought?
2: It used to be, but SEC Media Days got moved back a week. That's uh, so where we moved back. It's, it's, uh, that's what's moved. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got it. So you get the uh, you get the Open Championship starting on the last day of uh, SEC Media Days for the last couple of years. Because I always ask you, hey, are you guys going to... On Wednesday on the show, I'm like, hey, you guys going to stay up really late or get up really early to watch the beginning of the Open and... Hey, Dad's like you're gonna have oh, to.
1: No, you're gonna have to be. You have to be on your game then, because you know, that's Ole Miss Day for for us on Thursday. So we, you got to be, you got to be ready.
2: Yeah, it's more like a uh, a question that I ask than actually following through on it. I've done it a time or two where I'll get up at three or four and watch it for a little while and then go back to sleep, but uh, not so much. So. Vlad Guerrero Jr. last night hit 41 home runs in the first round. 41! That's a lot. He was exhausted at the end of this thing last night. Just exhausted. So apparently there were a lot of really good moments. Adley Rutschman was the first player in home run derby history to hit from both sides of the plate. Yeah, that was sick.
3: And then uh, video surfaced of him making tackles on special teams at Oregon State. People were like, hey, you see that guy switch hitting in the home run derby? Here's him making a tackle.
2: <laughs> he he used to do this also. Yeah, really uh, really good player. Um, so, yeah, 72 home runs in total last night for Vlad Guerrero Jr. And he beat Randy Rosarito in the final. So, there you go. It was uh, it was your home run derby uh, a, a a trophy a chain a gold chain with a spinning pendant and a million dollars that's what uh, that's what Vlad Junior got for winning the home run derby last night and uh, it's father son duo now Vlad Senior yeah but I say first
1: father and son years. to to win it yeah
2: yeah, yeah. very uh, very very cool um, Guerrero did say this he said he was skeptical about participating in the future derbies he says the way I feel. It's not too good right now, Um, but was content to enjoy this one. He said, I feel tired, but I feel happy.
1: You take that many swings, big swings. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can wear yourself out. Yeah, yeah, no doubt.
2: So will you watch the All-Star game tonight?
1: Maybe. I'll put it on. A couple innings, I don't know.
3: I I will put it on. Just kind of something that you got to do.
2: I I, I remember... I remember growing up and it being a really big deal. Like, you know, the midsummer Classic and kind of the pop yeah. and the circumstance that went with it. It was cool. I mean, hey, Dad, we're old enough to remember that this was the only time that you got to see American League guys play against National League yeah. guys outside of the World Series.
1: Yeah. Man, and that has affected it, I think. The novelty has. of it is not what it used to be. Yeah, And just... Baseball's just not what it used to be you know, it just isn't you know when we were kids baseball was still uh, kids were still transfixed by baseball they collected baseball cards and they, they they knew the stats and they knew the standings and all that nowadays you know it's just not the same way yeah
2: so but, yeah there's there's some nostalgia guess, to it
1: There is. yeah for sure I got to start watching some more baseball if I'm going to continue to play Immaculate Grid because <laughs> I'm just I'm just struggling every day with that.
3: You mentioned him the other day so and you're right, people consume sports differently now. Like for example, the NBA is super popular on social media, but, but that hasn't translated to being super popular in terms of people actually watching the NBA. Because young people, I read a long story about this, thought about bringing it to the show, but it's wordy and it's got numbers and just may not be the most interesting. But young people are consuming sports in different ways. They're not watching games anymore. It's highlights on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram. That that's. Do you know how much young people would have liked
2: old sports center? Old school sports center?
3: <laughs> yeah. Wait. Just Here's all the good wait, stuff. Wait, wait, hold
2: on a second. There was a time where you could turn on the television and you could just watch the highlights of games. What? Yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. all
3: they're doing now. Uh, but the, the leagues get in these the leagues have to figure out how to get that to translate into watching the actual games. But guys like Ellie De la Cruz, they, that needs to be embraced in baseball. And the purists don't necessarily like that. but his viral moments that he's had over the last couple of weeks. That is great for baseball because the Cincinnati Reds aren't appointment viewing, are they? I mean, they've been bad for a long time. And their owner basically told their fans, Suck it up. I'll leave. And yet they get this electric player that if the Reds are on, you need to watch him because what is he going to do next? And there hasn't been enough of that lately in baseball. And I, I don't know how they do it. They have marketing people that are smarter. But that's going to get young people back into baseball is when Ellie De La Cruz
2: becomes every 13-year-old's favorite player. It's not going to take long either. I mean, think about how quickly Mike Trout became a household name. For, for a guy that is not marketable and doesn't want to be part of that, I think it's different from Ellie La, for Ellie De La Cruz. I think he will be more than happy to be the face of baseball. We get a message on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Remember the George Michael sports machine? Oh, yes, I do. Oh, yes, I do. Sunday nights, it was so good. That, like, hey, Dad, didn't you wish that you had just had one of those little control panels at your house where you could just press the buttons like he did Oh, and the highlights came on?
1: Yes, yes.
2: Borky, Listen, I'm not being show, yeah. condescending Locked at all in. when I say this. You should Google George Michael sports machine. You don't remember it, do you? Mm-hmm. So I grew up with Memphis Television, living in, in North Mississippi. Our local ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox affiliates were out of Memphis. And so on Sunday nights, hey, Dad, help me out on the timing on this. I think I'm right. You would have on Channel 3, which was the CBS affiliate, You would have the late local news, and usually the sports cast was a little bit longer on Sunday night, especially during football season. And then George Lapidus had a show that followed it. It was like sports time on TV, which was like a takeoff on his radio show that aired in Memphis for like 35 years. And then after that, I think it was at 11 o'clock Central Time, you had the George Michael sports machine. Does that sound right? 11 Central?
1: I think so. I mean, I didn't get Memphis TV down in Vicksburg, but I I, I remember watching the George Michael Swartz machine. Well, was
3: it late on a Sunday night? This guy's this yeah, uh, might bring you Sunday guys night, back uh, back a few
1: decades. Yes. How can, you, how can you not love it? Give me that. Give me a Sunday afternoon. This week in baseball. I was thinking. I was in Twib notes. I need some Twib notes also. Twib notes. I need much web notes. Did you, subscribe to, uh, did you subscribe to Baseball Digest and the Football Digest? I did not. Uh, my, my mom got me a subscription of those, so I got them like once a month. I got a, a, a little, and it was like a, it was like this, it wasn't a full-size magazine, but it was chock full of football and, and baseball.
2: Yeah, that's good. Got a lot of people that are pointing to um, the old, what was it, NFL Live? Or NFL... NFL, prime time. Prime time. That's it. That's it. With Boomer and... Yeah. um, Whoop. Whoop. uh, Who was it? Jackson. uh, uh, Tom Jackson. TJ. Tom Jackson. TJ. Yeah. yeah. Mike in Oxford. NFL, prime time. Good stuff. Prime time.
1: That's good stuff,
0: man. Yeah,
2: look, there was... I mean, we're just kind of being nostalgic a little bit about baseball. It took us down this road, but I mean... I yeah. vividly remember at the babysitter's house in the summer, Cubs baseball on on WGN in the afternoons,
1: mm-hmm. and then you get Braves home and you watch night. a
2: Braves game that night.
1: Yeah,
2: it was just the best. We'll be back, Sports Talk Mississippi,
0: to the sports. <laughs> this is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good on Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs>
2: Conversation on the Sears text line at 601-879-4395. We're going to get into some football conversation a little bit later this afternoon with the college football fix driven by Ford. We're going to talk about the transfer portal. Uh, so much movement in college football that it feels like you just don't know where anybody is anymore. We are nearly done with the movement. There will be a little bit more between now and the start of camp, which is about three weeks away, but not a lot. And so we will take a look at Mississippi State, what they did in the transfer portal. What did they need to do? What did they accomplish? Same thing for Ole Miss. Where were the holes that they needed to fill? Did they do what they needed to do in the offseason? That's coming up to start the 5 o'clock hour a little bit later. Ceasefire text line, 601 879 4395. The best segment of George Michael was We Are in the Danger Zone, where wide receivers went over the middle. Somebody also brought up uh, all the Golden Flake coaches' shows. Well, I think it was just Golden Flake was a sponsor of all the coaches' show. Yeah. Remember watching the Jackie Sherrill yeah. show hosted Absolutely. by. Absolutely. Jack Crystal.
1: Jack, Jack Crystal,
2: yeah. The um the remember. Billy Brewer Show. I, I don't remember. I, 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 I'm sorry for interrupting. I remember going to the break. They would have like, you know, like seven or eight people from the Grove or the Old Miss cheerleaders or whatever. The Billy yeah. Brewer Show
0: will be right back. Go, Rebels! Yeah,
2: I yeah, had the same thing. Yeah. These
0: cutaways. I remember two things. Great. I
1: remember some local dealership gave away like a van on each show. So you could get a maroon and white van on the Jackie Sherrill show. On the Billy Brewer show, you could get a red and blue van. And on the Jeff Bauer show, you could get a it may have been the Curly Hallman show back then. You you could get a black and gold van. I remember that. And then I remember I always remember Jackie's commercial for Brian hot dogs. I will never forget it where the, the tagline was, In fact, you have to be some kind of rebel to sneak another hot dog in here.
2: Wow. I always remember that.
1: I don't know why. <laughs> I bet stuck with me through the years.
2: loved that. I mean, so, all right. So, yeah, so I don't remember. I mean, I would watch the, the Jackie Sherrill show, but I do remember watching Billy Burr. So Brian Foods was always a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Golden yeah. Flake was always a sponsor. Coca Cola mm-hmm. was always a sponsor. Mm-hmm. One of the local sponsors in North Mississippi was Dossett Big Four because they did the, mm-hmm. the, like the season long competition where the winners eat steak and the losers eat beans. And yeah. Dinnery's restaurant in Jackson. Oh, Dinneries, God. Do you remember like the like the dark candlelight uh, dinner with the man and the woman sitting yeah. at the table? Like fine dining at Dinneries. Yeah. All and right,
1: Dinneries next to the Mississippi Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, so you want nostalgia, here you go. September 14th, 1986, it was a Sunday edition of the George Michael Sports Machine.
1: Champagne on ice at least one more day. And Mike Tyson, a boxer heading for the record books in impressive fashion. The showdown between Mike Dicke's Bears and Buddy Ryan's Eagles was supposed to be a Chicago route. But missed opportunities and mistakes on both sides in an emotion-filled game kept the Bears. Well, they had to go into overtime to beat the Eagles 13 to 10. Eagles now winless in 11 trips to Chicago. The Bears extend their home game winning streak to 12 games. Let's go to Soldier Field, Chicago. The banners you knew would be there. All the things that Buddy Ryan had said about various members of the Bears, and all the fans saying.
2: Buddy, who some folks. In- All right, so there was a sign that they showed in the stands that said, "Go jerk fatso." <laughs> oh, uh, me! It was great. That's good stuff. It was great. It was like you know. Now, up? did you get,
1: did you get HBO back in the day? Were you able to watch Inside the NFL?
2: No, no, no. We did not get HBO. Uh. I mean. We got sometimes that. So you could I, I watch Some sometimes you could watch it through the snow. Mm. You could you could fiddle with the thing you know, on the on mm-hmm. the box. Yeah, I remember that. because yeah. sometimes there were things that people would want to watch even if they didn't subscribe to HBO. But uh, or maybe maybe know. a different channel. I don't know. We didn't. Uh, we, no, we didn't get HBO. Uh
1: inside the NFL, Lynn Dawson, Nick Bonacati, and Chris Collinsworth. That was your Wednesday no, That was Wednesday at seven o'clock. Sit down and watch highlights. This was this is how different things were. I would watch the highlights of games that had been played three days ago and just be enthralled. It was fantastic.
2: Yeah. Um, would it work now? Like like you know, no no. Well, but think about it. Hold on a second. If it was such a novelty and it's so different. What if one of the major networks said, we're bringing back a Sunday night sports highlight show in the vein of. Oh, okay. Richard Um, Cross's sports machine, Brian Haydad's sports machine. And you just did highlights of sports and you had some fancy little button you pressed and it made, you kind of made it look a little retro. I mean, Borky, he pressed the button and like the, the reel to reel video started. And then they went to like the full screen highlights. What, would it work now? Or only for a little while?
1: It might work. It, it, I don't know. They'd it, it, have to keep it fresh somehow. So.
2: Those were the days. And Jeff in Pontotoc says, as a youngster, I used to love listening to Leonard's Losers on the radio. Ooh, was so good. Sports Talk Mississippi. We will be right back.
0: Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say it. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry, poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. (laughs) On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Sports Talk Mississippi will be live in Nashville next week for the 2023 SEC Media Days. You'll hear from the coaches, the newsmakers, the newsbreakers, and some players as we count down to the start of the college football season. Super Talk Mississippi's coverage of SEC Media Days is presented by Genteel Apparel. Visit genteelapparel.com to check out their full line of sportswear, including the collegiate collection for Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Good to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. You can be a part of the conversation on the C Spire text line. Whether you need the best in wireless, the best in home internet, or the best in business IT services, let C Spire help. Learn more online at cspire.com. Alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. Thanks for going down memory road with us. Uh, to end the three o'clock hour. That was fun. That was, uh, that was some fun stuff. So, Pat Fitzgerald is out at Northwestern. We talked about that at the very end of the show yesterday. And most everybody in the sports media world was like jumping all over the, you know, Northwestern's Got to fire him when the report came out. Oh, this looks bad. There were a few that were, let's wait for some more details, people. Stewie Mandel and Dan Wolken and that whole crew were all, oh, Northwestern's got to do the right thing. They got to do the right thing. There were a few dissenting opinions. You might laugh, you might roll your eyes when you hear names like Danny Cannell, um, Clay Travis, Darren Rovell, <laughs> and others who were a little more measured in their response. Most of them were measured. Clay was kind of over the top about it. What? Yeah. Really? I know it surprises Bill? you a little bit. But
1: And Revel also, don't forget, Revell is a Northwestern alum, so he probably he might have a personal relationship with uh, Fitzgerald.
2: Oh, he admitted to such. He, he admitted to such. Yeah. He needed to hear more from the story. He wasn't just going to respond to one news report because he had a personal relationship with Pat Fitzgerald and his alma mater and all those things. So here's what we know. David Cobb at CBS Sports writes, Northwestern has fired Pat Fitzgerald days after details surfaced alleging graphic instances of hazing within the program. School announced this on Monday night. Fitzgerald's departure comes three days after he was initially suspended without pay for two weeks. However, university administrators opted to revisit his status with the program after two former players provided details of the hazing Which was sexual in nature to the Daily Northwestern student newspaper. Defensive coordinator David Braun is expected to step in as a liaison, managing the team before an interim coach is named, according to multiple reports. Um, I I have, they're they're keeping his entire staff. I, I have questions. I have, I have lots of questions. Um That's one of them, Borky. And we said that yesterday, right? If Pat Fitzgerald was the head coach and they determined that he knew or should have known, then you have to fire all the assistant coaches too. Because I assure you, if the head coach knew, the assistant coaches knew. In fact, it's far more likely that the assistant coaches knew and did nothing or said nothing, then the head coach knew. I I don't know how Pat Fitzgerald operated on a day-to-day basis, but it's not crazy for a head coach in college football to be fairly disconnected from his team outside of official team activities. You don't have a whole lot of head coaches that are spending a ton of time just hanging out in the locker room. They go to meetings, they go to practices, they've got lots of obligations to take care of as well. They don't just hang out with the team. Assistant coaches are around the team far more, in most instances, than head coaches. At least more intimately with their position groups and
3: stuff like that.
2: Yes. Yes. But the flip side, we are reminded, even though coaches love to throw up the plausible deniability, had no idea this was going on, we're reminded that most coaches have a pretty good finger on the pulse of their football team. Coaches generally know what's going on with their team. So, yes, one of my questions, one of your questions probably is, how do you fire Pat Fitzgerald but keep his staff? Okay, there's
3: one question. And that's a big question no. and and I think the answer is the same answer that we had on Friday. They wanted a scalp or they needed a scalp because we've learned they've learned nothing new since Friday they've they, they knew everything that has come out in reporting they knew about the school. They knew all of it. No new information has arised to
2: them. Since Friday. Well, here, here's what I would say. So, however long this list of questions is, how do you not fire the assistant coaches? How many players are you going to let go? Right? I mean, you, you got to find out the players who were involved and you got to cut them loose too, right? Because they bear some responsibility. Um, did you get your money's worth on the independent investigation? Like, you hired a top notch outside counsel law firm to come in and they spent six months investigating allegations of hazing and they came away with a report and then you met with Pat Fitzgerald and you arrived at the conclusion that a two-week suspension was what was merited. So back to Borky's question just a second ago, if you didn't really learn anything new between meeting with Pat Fitzgerald on Friday and handing down this two-week suspension and firing him on Monday, then how spineless are you? The answer is very. You made a decision that you thought was either good enough, you thought was a punishment that was fitting for the head coach of your program, and if you had a backbone and you really believed that that was the proper punishment for this, then you stand by your punishment. And so, Borky Hated, I think there's only one conclusion that we can really draw from this. And you, you, you're, you feel free to tell me that I'm wrong. But, but I can only draw one conclusion. Northwestern University and its leadership or the leadership of Northwestern University, really, deep down, didn't care about the hazing. They didn't care. They only cared enough to suspend the coach, who they say should have been responsible for it, for two weeks. What they did care about was their public image in the face of backlash. Because the backlash was coming hard and coming fast. Oh, well, the student newspaper found out this. And I'm not denigrating it being a student newspaper. They did a really good job reporting. It's a good journalism school, we've heard. Oh, for a while. Like, we've heard that, right? Northwestern Medill, good journalism school? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yes. I think I've heard that. All right, so they did a good job reporting. Did they report anything that officials at Northwestern didn't already know? I, 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 I'm assuming that the white-shoe law firm that they hired to do the independent investigation kind of found out about all this stuff, too. Otherwise, going back to what I said earlier, Northwestern didn't get its money's worth. So the only thing that I can be left to believe is that Northwestern, as a university, didn't really care about the hazing that they have condemned. They only cared about the degradation of their image through social media and news reports because that is what caused them to react they didn't fire pat fitzgerald because of what he did or didn't do what he saw or didn't see how he ran his program they suspended him for two weeks based on those things they fired him because of a social media backlash which says to me that the leadership At Northwestern is spineless. It has no backbone, and they're not willing to stand up for the decision that they made themselves just 72 hours prior. That's what it says to me. They didn't care about the hazing. They cared about what people said about them.
3: If they cared about the hazing, they wouldn't already have restarted football operations with everybody else intact. Because to your point the other day, and it bears repeating, Pat Fitzgerald, they claimed he did not know, but there were a bunch of other men in leadership positions in Northwestern football that either did or should have known that there was hazing going on in their program that was reportedly sexual in nature. And you are
2: keeping all of them employed. Why? It's not new. It's not new in college football. It's certainly not new in the Big Ten. We'll pick that conversation up when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi.
0: Sports Talk Mississippi. Ah! Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. Ah!
2: Question: Somebody kind of pushing back on on some of this and saying, "Can you send us a link detailing exactly what was proven?" No, no, we can't because Northwestern is choosing not to release the full report from their internal investigation. They're private school; they don't have to do that. Can't FOIA it. Don't receive federal money, I guess. The, I mean, unless unless you think they are lying, they claimed in the
3: initial. We're suspending him for two weeks in July, they claimed that they corroborated via multiple first-hand accounts of what happened mm-hmm. that they investigated and by multiple first-hand accounts they corroborated what happened. Now, I guess you they didn't want to fire him initially. You're, you're so right about that. They didn't want to they wanted this to go away. They wanted it to be a Friday news dump where they used a bunch of vague language so they can keep their native son on their staff. And then backlash happened,
2: and then they fired him. Or, or, I don't know. I feel like there's, like like I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to say, or maybe it wasn't as bad as we've been led to believe. But we've got enough detail to know that it was pretty bad. Right when 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 you're when you're talking about stripping guys down and making them run around naked and forced nudity and
3: forced contact while nude is not because I I've seen a lot not, of just, that.
2: It's just not okay. I, I've seen yeah a lot of Mike I got
3: hazed right. too, and it's if you got hazed yeah. like that, you didn't get hazed. I got hazed both in fraternity and in high school football. And it none of it was sexual in nature. I never had to get naked yeah. and touch another person, ever.
1: That never happened to me. Mike in Oxford is right. Let's quit calling it hazing, and let's start calling it sexual assault. That's what's happened. So if you're on the text line, you're like, oh, I got hazed. Well, did you get sexually assaulted? Because if you do, you know, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah. This isn't boys, because I've
3: seen that. Oh, boys will be boys. Yes. That's not... some. This of isn't getting
1: is. taped to the goalpost. This is something different.
3: Yeah, And some of this stuff is. Like, a lot of, i be willing to bet it goes on in, in your favorite team's locker room. Some of it. But forced nudity and forced contact while nude is not something that happens everywhere.
2: Yeah, th- This is not putting 13 guys in the bed of a pickup truck and driving through a car wash. That's hazing. Now, and and just the the fact is, we live in a different time than we lived in 20 or 30 years ago. And that's probably when most coaches put an end to it. I I was talking with someone last night and said it was going on all, all over college football, it was going on at Georgia. And they had some off campus deal where they were running guys and Herschel Walker started wheezing and like had kind of an asthma attack. They didn't have what they needed for him. And Vince Dooley put an end to it. No more. Ever. You do it, you're gone. Period. Coaches, for the most part, have put an end to the type of hazing that maybe even you think about that perhaps you went through as a high school athlete or a junior high athlete or maybe as a college athlete. Um, This is not new, though, what what Northwestern is doing, where they kind of go back on their original decision. They don't stand behind what they did. So it was either a cover-up or ignorance, or they're not strong enough to stand behind the decision they made. Have we seen this before in the Big Ten? Are we going to pretend like nobody at Michigan State knew what Larry Nassar was up to? Oh, if you believe that, you're lying to yourself. It was determined that they did. Are we pretending like nobody at Penn State knew what that slime ball, disgusting. I'll stop there. Jerry Sandusky was doing? It was reported directly to the head coach. Yeah. Which makes Joe Paterno just as big a slime ball.
3: Ohio State and Michigan have, albeit less high-profile, similar in nature, scandals over years' time.
2: Yeah. Somebody says, please don't lump those two in with this. I'm not saying that they are the same thing. What I'm saying is, what it appears is if we have, once again, adults who were in positions of authority who knew things and chose not to report them or ignored them or looked the other way. Man, there's a there's a lot of like I mean if all of this stuff is true and most of the first hand accounts and reporting lead us to believe that on some level a lot of this was true, then there's failure at a lot of levels. And and I don't feel like anybody is pointing the finger to the players themselves. Cause guess what? You're 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. I understand that you're not at a full level of maturity. And maybe the testosterone levels are running hot. And, you know, you, you get in a group mentality, mob. Mentality. I'm sorry. At some point, you start to have to assume some responsibility. When you're a division one college athlete going to one of the elite schools academically in the entire country, you don't just get a pass. If you engaged in it thinking, oh, it's just fun. But it's not just them. What about the adults? Like the real adults in the room? And then what about the bosses of the adults? But still, Borky, what changed? Backlash. And
3: the players were done a disservice, too. So... so. Pat Fitzgerald got to meet with his team. Had his family with him in in that team meeting, Mm -hmm. apparently. But the people that made the decision hopped on a Zoom call and didn't take a single question, just hung up. Now, I've never been in a leadership position like that, so I can't say exactly what I would do, but I know, here's, I'm going to be kind of cheesy, I know what my father would do. Because he's been in leadership positions, not in academia, but in, in business. And you leave your vacation, which is what they were on. And you go face the team. And you sit down in a chair and say, this is the decision I made. This is why I made it. I will sit here and take questions until you don't have them anymore. Because all 85, well more than 85, it's more like 110 of those players on the Zoom call, went to Northwestern to play for Pat Fitzgerald. That's why they went there. You can say they went for the educate. Guys get recruited to go play for coaches. They went to Northwestern to play for Pat Fitzgerald. And they're told, I'm firing him, and I'm not telling you why. Just, good luck. Your future in peril. But I, I, I'm going to go back to my vacation. Once I, once I close my laptop, I'm hitting the beach. That's not, that's not leadership. That's not what a leader does. That's not even, that's not the right, none of that is good. And I don't a think enough people are take, focusing on that.
2: Yeah, a leader doesn't take the results of a six month in depth independent investigation, decide what the punishment, what the penalty should be for the results of that investigation, and then backtrack on it three days later because they take some heat from the media. That's not leadership. There is no leadership at Northwestern. It's reactionary reaction to the masses, and I get that it almost sounds like I'm talking out of both sides of, of of my mouth here. Like on the one on the one hand, I'm saying okay, players should be held accountable, assistant coaches should be held accountable, Pat Fitzgerald should be held accountable, and then on the other side, I'm saying, well, why did the university decide to fire him? Either they should have fired him initially. Or they should stand by the punishment. If they should have fired him initially and they didn't, that's a failure. If his behavior as the head coach didn't merit termination, then firing him three days later because a bunch of people get mad on Twitter, that's failure. It's like that's the only word that I can come up with that Exists in every layer of this story. It's just failure on top of failure on top of failure. And what about the kids that do stay on the football team? I mean, they were they were one and eleven last year. They've gone through plenty of failure, so maybe some more of it's not a big deal. But they got to try out and go play football now. Somebody from Northwestern's got to go to Big Ten media days in a week and a half. Good luck with that.
0: To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. Don't hurt yourself. Sports Talk, Mississippi. On Super Talk, Mississippi.
2: Welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday afternoon alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borki. I'm Richard Cross. Sports Talk brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. You can also find them at The Country Gentleman in Greenville, Chandelure Outfitters in Ocean Springs, Kincaid's Fine Clothing in Ridgeland, Reed's in Starkville, Randy Price and Company in Hattiesburg, and Abraham's Indianola In You guessed it, Indianola. Gentile's got the kind of uh, weird well, if it was in Blackhawk. Well,
3: know. but in Mississippi, you've got Jackson and Jackson County
2: in two very different places. So,
1: yeah, it's good it's Two enterprises.
2: There, that's correct. Because you told me you were going to be an enterprise, I was like, oh, in right outside of New Albany, and you were like, no. no. No, not no, the no uh, not not that one. Um, get the Collegiate Collection available for you at Gentile uh, Apparel. Uh, the logoed golf shirts and hoodies and some other cool stuff available for you. Hey Borky, I, I checked on some hats. They got some good looking hats. Yeah, they do. I need to get one. Do you want the patch hat or just the uh, the duck hat? Oh, the just the duck. I, I I like
3: very subtle hats. Okay. Not a big loud hat guy. See like, what
2: we can do about that. Th- there's a trend going on. He likes his to be loud. Yeah. Oh, I,
3: I could wear it. No, I like I like loud shoes, and I just I, I don't buy anything for myself. So, like, my wardrobe doesn't exactly reflect my taste because, like, I'm wearing the same pants that I had in, like, 2010. Uh, but I, I like loud shoes. I don't know why.
2: Like, dress shoes, casual shoes, tennis shoes? Oh, casual, shoes? like tennis about?
3: shoes. Like, I, give, give me, like... You know, bright colors. and so I had American Your flag Snicker shoes or, uh, no. that, that I ran to the ground. I loved those things, though. One side was the blue stars, and the other side was the stripes. I loved them.
2: Okay.
3: Have you gotten into, the uh, like, the Jordan thing? Oh, no. No, I, I like low tops, so I can't wear basketball shoes.
1: Oh, they make low tops. He also doesn't have thousands of dollars. Yeah. I, like I said, I'm, I'm
3: being budget conscious
1: here.
2: You got to look for deals, I guess. I, I don't have any Jordans either. At, at all. So, uh, Dwayne and Brandon. <laughs> I'm sorry this takes me to Sandlot. Dwayne and Brandon says I can see Borky in a long bill cap. Oh. <laughs> uh. Hey, Dad, wouldn't it be great? Like the double size bill, I have for Morky. Yeah. Who is she? Yeah. Oh. Uh, the king of crush, the sultan of SWAT. Oh goodness. Uh, let's get on it. Let's get back to 100 teams in 100 days.
0: This day is bananas. A.
1: 100 teams in 100 days.
3: Okay, ready, three, two, one, go! Oh. It's the final
2: countdown. Team number 54 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. The Buffalo Bulls from the MAC. Ah, good. They have,
3: by far, the worst designed stadium in all of college football. There is not a worse design in a stadium in the sport. It's the ugliest thing that exists. What's wrong with it? Uh, Aside from there being a track around the field, check it out. It just it's blocky, it's clunky. You've got like this big section, probably sixty yards past one of the end zones. On the other side, you've got two of them that they tarp now. It's hideous. It's the ugliest stadium in the country. All
2: right, Borky, not on board with the uh, the home digs for the Buffalo Bulls, who are picked to finish second. In the MAC this year, the MAC East they went seven and six last year, tied for second in the East last year, with a five and three conference record. Buffalo opens the season on the road at Camp Randall against Wisconsin on a Friday night, no less. So you might get a chance to consume a little football on the opening Friday night of the season. Didn't oh, they I got...
3: asked Heydad yesterday who their head coach was, and he knew the answer. Oh yeah, because he's met him before.
2: When what? Do you have a relationship with Maurice Linguist?
1: If by have a relationship you mean I've asked him a question, yeah.
2: When was that?
1: Uh, he was at State in twenty sixteen.
3: Twenty sixteen, safeties coach.
1: There you go. Nice guy, that incredible Peter Sermon defense. Yes, he was. He was. He was nice
2: enough. Yes. That's a, that's a glowing... Yes, yes, he was he was nice enough. I mean, um, we,
1: our conversation was very brief.
2: So, Wisconsin on the road, Fordham at home, Liberty at home, at Louisiana. Then they go into MAC play with uh, Akron on the road, Central Michigan and Bowling Green, Kent State on the road, Toledo on the road. That's a Tuesday night game. Tuesday night home game against... O H I O. We got a Wednesday night game against Miami of Ohio. And how about this? So we get to rivalry weekend at the end of the year. We have the Thanksgiving night games. You love them or hate them. You have the games on Friday. You have all the games on Saturday. There's something that feels not quite right about your playing your regular season finale. On the Tuesday night before Thanksgiving. Yeah. I don't know why. That just doesn't feel right. But uh Eastern Michigan at Buffalo on November 21st. Quarterback returns. Cole Snyder threw for 18 touchdowns last year. Top four rushers return. Did not have anywhere close to a 1,000-yard rusher. Um, Camellia Bowl last year. Good game. Beat Georgia Southern 23-21 as, uh, as an underdog. As an underdog. Hey, yeah, we got any famous alums from the University of Buffalo? Yeah,
1: we do. We have a few. If you're a Fox News viewer, Janine Pirro, I think is her last name. I could be mispronouncing Is that, that.
2: Judge Janine?
1: It is. Uh, Winston Duke, who played M'Baku in Black Panther. John Walsh. Uh, creator of America's Most Wanted, Wolf Blitzer, from oh. and from one of my favorite movies, uh, Peter Reigert, who plays Boone in Animal House.
2: Borky, I think your standards are too high if you think that's the worst stadium in all of college It's, it's football. the
1: ugliest
3: one. Uh, tell me an uglier one.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I don't like all the track stuff around the The track stadium. and
3: the weird end zone seats, but if, if you're going to tell me I'm wrong, tell me the one that beats that.
1: Hmm. Oof, that is not an attractive stadium.
3: It's not attractive. Bowling greens is not good, but there's no track, so it automatically gets vaulted ahead.
2: Yeah. Hmm. I, need to, I need to think on that just for, for a bit.
3: Hmm. For some reason, that's like, you know how some people, their off-season guilty pleasure will be like stadium entrances and stuff? And I do that as well. Mine is just I will Google Mac stadiums and go through them and then SEC stadiums and then go through them. I, I like, I guess in a past life I was an architect or something. because uh, And if I was ever road tripping, if I, I still do it if I'm ever road tripping, and I'm driving by a college campus or if happen to be going by a big city, I'll drive by their stadiums and go drive around the football, basketball arena, baseball stadiums. I love stadium architecture.
2: I, I had um, we took a family trip to Washington D.C. when I was in I guess maybe going into ninth grade or tenth grade, and that was part of my thing. It was like I want to see as many college football stadiums on this trip as we can. And so I don't know how we got there, but we somehow meandered through Lexington, saw Kentucky's football stadium. Saw Virginia Tech, saw Virginia's, saw Washington and Lee and VMI's, and then uh, finished it out at Camden Yards. Obviously not a college football stadium, but yeah, I think those were all the That's ones we cool. hit on that trip.
3: Not Division One, but VMI's, if I remember correctly, a little dated.
2: Yeah, and Washington and Lee's a D three stadium. I mean, Oxford High School was probably nicer, <laughs> but it's all right. Saw it. Beautiful campus. I got a question from oh. uh, from from a friend, said, what happened to former Buffalo coach Turner Gill? He went from Buffalo to Kansas to Liberty. And I don't know what he's doing now, but he does not appear to be coaching anymore. Out at Liberty following the 2018 season. Oh, he's back at Arkansas. He is the Executive Director of Student Athlete and Staff Development at the University of Arkansas. There you go. That's what Turner Gill's doing now. Buffalo, team number 54 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days.
0: Hey, guys. What's happening? What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi.
2: Back of you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Super Talk TV. Good to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Reminder that um, Thursday is a big day for Super Talk Mississippi. It's the 11th annual Palmer Home for Children Radiothon. Every year there are children across Mississippi that need a loving home, and many times these children are caught in unimaginable circumstances, and that's why we need your help. You will learn how Palmer Home for Children sol- serves vulnerable chil- children. It's a, uh, it's a faith-based organization. They do not take any government money, and they need your help. We want you to listen. We want you to join us for the 11th annual Palmer Home for Children Radiothon happening on Thursday, all day long, starting at 6 o'clock in the morning and going until 6 o'clock at night right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Also, Guns N' Roses is coming to the coast. You guys know about this?
1: I did, because I read the uh, the email.
2: Axel, Slash, and the crew will be at the Mississippi Coast Coliseum in Biloxi on September 20th. And Super Talk Mississippi is giving you a chance to win, chance to be there. Not only could you win tickets... But also get the VIP treatment with a night stay at the luxurious Beau Rivage and a limo ride to the concert for your chance to win. Just enter your name at one of the registration boxes located throughout the state. Go to supertalk.fm GNR. That stands for Guns and Roses. Supertalk.fm slash GNR. To find a registration box near you, you got to be 21 years old to enter.
1: Supertalk.fm slash GNO sends you right to Borky's page though.
2: Does it give you a phone number to call at uh gives you a phone number? One thirty in the morning. Hi. You know? Yeah.
1: Oi. And so I gotta bring this up here. The NFL, for some odd reason, has decided to tweet out a video of an entire football game on Twitter. Apparently you can do longer videos now. So they've got a uh two hour clip here. And it just happens to be the Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl. What a glorious day this is. Thank you, mm. NFL. <laughs> Thank God Tom There's only didn't. one choice that could have been better.
3: Yeah. But just um, imagine if Kim Kardashian and Tom Brady started dating before this game. Comeback never happens.
1: They would have lost 48-3. Yeah, yeah it would have been awful. I, I, <laughs>
2: like, what are the... <laughs> I don't know what the Falcon fans did to deserve this, but I'm glad it's happening. What are some of the responses to the video being... Lot of Falcons lot fans of gifs, chiming in?
1: A lot of memes of people drinking bleach.
2: Mm. <laughs> so there are only A two Windex fan bases and this really makes happy, right? I mean, Patriots fans Patriot are Patriot thrilled. And, and, and Saints, Saints fans. fans.
1: The Saints find a way to work twenty-eight to three into almost everything they do these days. They find a way. Like if you watch a video that they put out, there's a there's like a, it's like a hidden Mickey at Disney World. You're trying to find the hidden twenty-eight to three. It's in there. It's
2: A little sophomoric, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely, yes. it is.
1: What's wrong with that? It's football. And, Let's have fun. Enjoy and, and yourself. And you love it. I do. I love every bit of it.
2: So the NFL, half an hour ago, posted a video of an entire game. It is condensed to just two hours. It is condensed.
1: There's nothing. Yeah.
2: But it still. it long to upload that to Twitter? I well, guess I've if you've got, got I mean, C Spire fiber to the, the home. The
1: NFL has got to have C Spire fiber to the home on
2: steroids. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, stud. It's done. Or perhaps gigabit fiber internet from C Spire business. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of possibly. the same thing.
1: Very possibly.
2: And yeah, you know,
3: yeah. so the, the, the office has that stuff, but Goodell probably still has, like,
1: dial-up. <laughs> Why do you say? Goodell that? still pops. He's still got, like, 50 or 60 AOL uh, yeah. discs that he just pops in there. Exactly.
3: Because... Uh, uh, I
1: you think his computer has
3: a floppy drive? Also, you saw the COVID draft. His little basement. There, there's no real technology in there. That, that was an awesome basement in 1998.
1: <laughs> I That's still enjoyed made? that draft with him.
3: And... That might yeah. be under. Hmm. I thought it was like 50, paired with a uh, private jet to fly literally wherever he wants.
2: I think I should probably be the commissioner of the NFL. You already have the jet. No, the, the it's not so much the fifty million dollars salary; it's the access to the jet.
1: I got you. I got you. Yeah. Well, man, if you get that job, by, by all means. Yeah. And I can't wait to hear Monday Night Football with uh, commentators Michael Borky and Brian Haydad.
2: <laughs> now we're now we're onto something. I like it. Borky and Haydad are in. Hey Dad, the, the truth of the matter is I want that jet as bad as you want to believe that I already have that jet. <laughs> I know, I know. That's 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 what makes the joke work. It works. It absolutely works. Five o'clock hour coming up. We'll start things off with the college football fix. Talk some transfer portal. Where where did it finish for Ole Miss and Mississippi State? We'll do that in the five o'clock hour. But we will begin things with Bill Bender from the Sporting News, coming up next.
0: I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Five o'clock hour with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Pearl River Resort Studios. Alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. We will start things off on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Mississippi Farm Bureau, one of our absolute favorites. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Bill, I hope summer has been treating you well. It feels like it's coming to an end quickly as we get rolling with media days this week. And uh, we got our big, uh, I guess off the field scandal in the uh, pat fitzgerald northwestern situation as well that that can only mean that we are getting close to the start of college football
4: yeah i mean unfortunately we're at that stage of the year i mean this is we have one of those seems like every summer and this one is surprising and i i remain shocked on some level because of the program and the coach the coach that was generally considered one of the stand-up guys in the profession, and now with the allegations and the subsequent firing, caused me to rethink some things. Honestly,
2: yeah, Bill, I, I said yesterday we were talking about this. If if back in I don't know February or March, we had put together a list of every single coach in college football, and had ordered that list with number one being the most likely to have an off-the-field scandal during the off-season and you know, going all the way through, he would have been somewhere below 100 on that list. I don't know where exactly he would have been, but he would have been way, way down the list.
4: Yeah, it, you're exactly right. I mean, bottom 10 for sure. And even though, I mean, for me, part of it would be they did struggle on the field the last couple of seasons, so you wondered, you know, what's that going to look like? What, uh, you know, is he on the hot seat because of the win-loss record, which is always a factor in college football. But, um, yeah, I, I just... Continue to be shocked, especially the, the part that gets me, Richard, is uh, that the hazing would still be going on in a college football locker room. I, I, I can't. There's one thing to be tough on players and that kind of thing, but the the actual hazing part gets to me a little bit.
0: Bill,
2: you are one of the more measured people that we talk to on a regular basis, and I, I mean that as a compliment. I feel like you don't get too high, you don't get too low. You kind of look at situations and, and take them at face value. I, maybe I'm less measured sometimes. I said earlier today that I've got an issue with this because with the way they have handled this, Northwestern to me said, we don't care about the hazing right. because they only right. suspended him for two weeks. But what they cared about right. was their image and the backlash that came as more information continued to percolate. So either they didn't get their money's worth on the investigation that lasted six months they were trying to hide something, or it just wasn't that big a deal until a lot of other people said, oh, no, this is a really big deal.
4: Yeah, and then a student newspaper does some outstanding work. You know what I mean? So, like, that didn't help. And, you know, to your point, I, I try to stay measured because, well, I'm not a radio host. You, you have to have stronger opinions than I do. So I just, you know, like I said, the part that's getting me is, yeah, they let, what is the nature of the hazelnut? You know what I mean? Like, and I, I keep saying this over and over again the last couple of days, where I was like, a college football locker room should be treated like it's not a sanctuary for players. It should be a borderline professional workplace. Because you can't, you, the behaviors that go on in that place cannot be any different than they would in your radio station or my office. Uh, those kind of things, because these are young adults that should be acting like young adults for what, let's be honest, these college football teams are bordering on professional football teams anyway.
2: Yeah, that, that's a good point. And it hasn't always been like that, but, I mean, we, we evolve as people, societal norms evolve, and it's just not acceptable anymore.
4: Right, and, and you know, for me, that the things that maybe, well, I, I played football 25 years ago, and, you know, the, the dynamics of the locker room are probably a little bit different, but I never experienced anything like that was written in that article. You know, some of the terms that I had to look up on my phone. I was like, what what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? And you know, that's what can't be permitted. And if that went on under Fitzgerald's watch, I mean, that's the hard part with him. He's gonna counter sue or, or try to go for wrongful termination. I think that's where Northwestern's got him because it's clear they fired him with some cause. Now what the extent of that cause is. Is going to get everybody up in on through the fallout continue.
2: Well, I wasn't smart enough to go to law school, but I can't help but wonder what the agreement was that Northwestern had made with him when they announced the suspension just three days earlier, though. I mean, if they came to an agreement and both sides said, look, this happened, we agreed this happened, and here's the punishment, and then without talking to him three days later they just fire him, I-, I wonder if all of a sudden he does have a case.
4: Well, I mean, this is the thing. Like, you know, typically when these things happen, too, I mean, Ole we'll Miss went through this on a completely different level, let me be clear, but there were press conferences, right? There were press conferences. There hasn't been one of those. There were opportunities for the media to ask questions. That Those haven't happened. And that's what's peculiar to me is Northwestern is clearly struggling with the initial punishment, which they made a mistake, the subsequent backlash from the daily Northwestern articles, and then firing him last night. Which, I'll be honest. Like, Monday morning, when I was kind of running through this with my editors, I said – yeah, we need to be prepared for him to get fired because that's what I thought was going to happen.
2: Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think most reasonable people realize that that's where it was headed, and certainly that's where it ended up. Where does Northwestern go from here for a football coach? I, I give Michael Borkey credit. I, I thought he threw out a really interesting name yesterday when we were talking. Obviously, there are ties to the state of Mississippi. He mentioned Dan Mullen. Uh, I haven't seen that name pop up anywhere else. I've seen you know some names from kind of that part of the country that have popped up. Can this be an attractive job?
4: Well, it's still a Big Ten job in a conference that makes a ton of money, and they've had some level of success in 2018 and 2020. They played the Big Ten championship game. Mullen's an interesting name. I think uh, a couple that – Bruce Feldman threw out a couple today, like Mike Alco and uh, uh, Matt Campbell, another one that, you know, his name always turns up in all these job searches, and he is a high-character guy. So – I mean, I'm not going to write off Northwestern yet, uh, with the understanding that this season is obviously going to be very rough for them. I'm heading to Big Ten media day here in a few weeks, and we don't even know, you know, who's going to represent Northwestern at Big Ten media days. That's going to be its own separate uh, piece of drama, I suppose.
2: All right, let's spend just a couple of minutes. No, you got to run in in a second. Um, Big Twelve media days happening this week. Is it? Uh, it's the last year for Texas and Oklahoma. I know. In a lot of ways, that's still the biggest story. At Big 12 Media Days, but they've also got new members that are coming in for a conference that has kind of stabilized itself. I know it's not going to be what it was when Texas and OU were there, but I feel like the Big 12 has, they've, they've navigated a difficult situation pretty well over the last two years.
4: Yeah, absolutely, because I think the self awareness of Brett Yormark to know that maybe from a football standpoint, they can't be the SEC and they can't be the Big 10. And when you lose your two biggest brands, it's a struggle, but the, I think the schools that they've added are competitive FBS programs. I think this year in particular is going to be interesting because it's a Texas well for. By the way, Richard, they play at Texas Tech, at Baylor, at Houston. I'm sure those Texas crowds will be super nice to the Longhorns fans. Um, and so. they are picked to win the conference. Yeah, they're picked to win the conference, So that ever-present hype is back.
2: Are you buying Quinn Ewers big time?
4: A little bit. I, I won't say all the way. I, I think, watch their spring game. They've got some talent. They, talent's never the issue. And I think in the Big 12, it's something that has been brought about that you've got to win those one score games. Texas has not been able to do that the last, and you can take that all the way back to Charlie Strong. They've got to win these one score wild games, which get in in Big 12. And with that offense, they should be competitive.
2: Who's, who could be the surprise of the Big 12 this year, Bill?
4: Well, at Kansas State, I kind of thought they would be a surprise last year. I didn't think they would win the conference. So, I mean, if you're looking at a same state, you know, Kansas, they were the story there for the first month of the season. They got Jalen Daniels back. Lance Leopold's an excellent coach. Their schedule's friendly. I think um, UCF first year in the conference is very interesting with Gus. And you guys know that from SEC, his time there. I mean, that offense, the first time you see it, it's not going to be easy.
2: No, you're right, and, and I just think Gus Malzahn undervalued overall as a head coach. Bill, I know you got to run. I look forward. Are you going to be in Nashville? We're going to see you in, uh, next week.
4: I will not be. We, my editor oh. may be, but um, you know, I'll miss you guys down there. I'm sure it'll be fun, and the fact that you're going to be down there, um, it means we're getting closer. It's a lot of fun.
2: It certainly does. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Bill. No problem. Bill Bender from the Sporting News had another interview that he had to uh, jump on immediately after that one as well. So, and that was immediate. Yeah, I'm usually able to cut that demand. off before uh, yep. before it's time. But yeah, he's 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 good. And Bill is measured, right? But I mean, you, you hear him even in the way that he's looking at the Northwestern situation. He lives in Columbus, Ohio, and he covers all of college football. But certainly has his finger on the pulse of the Big Ten. And it is confusing a good word. It's that, that's a great word. Confounding, confusing is a great word.
3: Because, it, like we said Friday, there's so much passion, or I guess it was Monday, there's so much passion on both sides of it. I mean, you've got a dozen players, some current, some former, corroborating everything. And then you've got current players, mad as hell that their coach just got fired. And a former staff member came out, and and not like an assistant coach, like somebody that worked in the football department wrote a long letter if he knew he would have stopped it. And so you've got such conflicting things, but when you've got a dozen current or former players saying, oh, yeah, that that all happened for sure, where their stories lined up consistently per the
2: investigation, it's, it's weird. Yeah. And you know what Bill said? I mean, maybe we shouldn't be surprised by anything, but he's like, I did a double thing. He's like, what do you mean hazing? What? That, that's still going on? Because it doesn't feel like that's a big point. Can you feel it?
0: Can you hear it? Sports Talk, Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk, Mississippi.
2: conversation with Bill Bender on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. All guests on Sports Talk Mississippi appear on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team Mississippi Farm Bureau. It is time right now for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to BuyFordNow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one, including the 2023 F-150 today at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. So, guys, we were talking this morning, and I said, I think it would be a good exercise for us to go back through and take a look at who... Mississippi State and Ole Miss added to their roster through the transfer portal. Now, Mississippi State showed us last week that there's still time to add guys, and and they added a wide receiver, a transfer from Colorado, who was at Arkansas State at the end of last season, in uh, Treori, Sadu Treori, who is you know now on that roster. And you could still have a little bit of movement. You've still got a few guys out there, but largely the rosters are in place. And I kind of feel like we've gotten to the point where there's so much movement that a lot of fans, maybe even some radio hosts, lose track a little bit of who's where. Okay, that guy went through senior day activities last year, and they handed him a framed jersey. But did he have eligibility left? Is he back for another year? Did he have a COVID year? Did he transfer out? Is he playing somewhere else despite getting the ch- – it's like all of that stuff. So let's just revisit who was added to Mississippi State's roster through the transfer portal. But before we do that, hey, Dad, let's start by talking about when the dust settled on guys leaving, graduating, graduating, building through high school, et cetera, what were Mississippi State's needs in terms of transfer portal acquisitions?
1: They had needs coming in and needs going out. Um, obviously, the, the biggest need was tight end because they didn't have a single one on the roster, and they were going to move to an offense that that utilized them. So that was something they had to go out and get. Um, they needed guys in the secondary. They lost a starting cornerback and three starting safeties. They needed to find some guys to compete for some spots there. They needed to get a wide receiver, or you know, they needed to get one wide receiver. And this is going to sound weird in a second, but that they could, they felt like they could rely on to maybe replace the production of a Rah Rah Thomas. That you know, you lose Rah Rah, you need somebody to come in and, and, and sort of replace him. And he didn't feel like you had that guy on the roster. And then they also, I thought that, you know, when they've got Mike Wright, they needed a quarterback to to at least give you some other options, A, Mm -hmm. if something happened to Will Rogers, but B, to give you a a guy who could, could come in and give you a running threat. And Wright does that. But they also had needs going out in that with the air raid, State had recruited so many receivers. I think they had... 14 or 15 on the roster. And in this offense now, they just don't need that many. So they needed to get some receivers
2: out, and they did that. All right, so the most recent addition is the rising third-year player, so I guess rising junior, Sedu mm-hmm. Treori Played his first two seasons, mm-hmm. 21 and 22, at Arkansas State. Only caught 11 balls in 2021, but last year... He had 50 catches for 655 yards and four touchdowns, and he averaged 13 yards a catch. That was a nice pickup. He transferred from Arkansas State to Colorado, and transferred out of Colorado almost as quickly. Yeah, don't know so if he was he's asked to leave. He he is not eligible because of the second transfer.
1: Correct. He is okay. going to apply for a waiver, but that feels shaky.
2: Okay. Unless he can prove that he got cut by Colorado.
1: If he can prove that, or I, I, my, my thought process, if I'm Mississippi State, that's the angle I'm playing. It's like, look, Deion Sanders has been so open and, and loud about pushing people out. This is what happened there. And, you know, it's, it's not his, his, it was not his doing. So that's how, that's the angle I would take, whether it's true or not.
2: All right. So what about the wide receiver, Freddie Roberson from, is it Eastern Washington?
1: Correct. That's the guy that they, they targeted as the potential replacement for Rara Thomas, a guy who had a lot of production at the FCS level. Uh, and and they, they, you know, a veteran guy, a grad transfer they were going to be able to bring in for this season. And they are hoping he will slide into one of those starting positions on the
2: outside. All right, So we'll do offensive guys first. We talk about Trey Ori who appealing for that waiver, but probably going to have to sit out. And you get Roberson, who is a, a fifth year senior. Also on the offensive side, Kayvon Lee. Um, Mm-hmm. transfers from Penn State. He's a running back. Mm-hmm. Is he, does he factor in?
1: Yeah, oh yeah. I think he'll be the number two back. I think he'll he'll fill the role that's left by Dylan Johnson going out. That he'll be, you know, he's more of a bruiser, more of a power back. You'll see him on the goal line. He'll get plenty of carries.
2: Jaquarius, Spivey, tight end, Mississippi State to TCU. Now back to Mississippi State, right? Well, the stop at
1: Arizona State along the way.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I needed to get a little sun. So spent a little time in the Valley of the Sun in uh, in Tempe. Uh, Mike Wright's yeah. quarterback from Vanderbilt, who we uh, talked mm-hmm. about just a moment ago. Ryland, is it is it Gody or Goode? I can't remember. G- Gody. <laughs> okay, Ryan Gody, the Georgia tight end transfer. And so you got two tight ends that come in through the portal with Spivey and Gody. Is is it the same role for both guys? Is one of these two the, the guy that's going to, you think, get the low the snaps?
1: Well, I, I mean, State's going to run a lot of two tight ends this year, I think. So they'll both get some snaps. Uh, <laughs> I think Gody is probably, I know, right? So weird to think about. Uh, I think, I think Gody is probably, if they're going to go just one tight end on the field, he's probably the, the starter to begin the season.
2: Uh, one special teams guy, Red Search Senior, transferring in from Loyola. That's Nicholas Bar-Mira, a kicker. I'm sorry, Loyola is where he went to high school, coming in from, uh, from UCLA.
1: Yeah. I mean, they needed a kicker.
2: Yeah. All right, defensive side, Kamari Rogers. Is, is he the guy that-, that stands out more than anybody else? The sophomore, originally from Mississippi, went to the University of Miami, and now he's at Mississippi State. Is that the one where it's like, okay, he probably yeah. needs to be ready from the get-go?
1: I think so. I think he's the most talented guy there. one of one of the he's guy uh, gives me the issues with the transfer portal rankings four star kid really highly rated kid out of high school goes to Miami in red shirts. Now he's a mid three star kid. Why? What changed? Nothing changed. Yeah.
2: Well, we haven't yeah.
1: ever we haven't really seen him play. so um, but yeah, that's a guy that I would like they would like to see challenge for the spot uh, opposite to Cameron Richardson that was obviously vacated by Emmanuel Forbes
2: Kobe Albert. Uh, Kentucky transfer. He is a a safety, and then you've also got another corner in Redarius Jones, uh, another Mississippi mm-hmm. kid who went to LSU and now uh, comes back to the Magnolia State. And those are the those all, are the defensive guys. Oh, I'm sorry, Christopher, you Keys, Christopher from Keys, Indiana.
1: Another uh, also, but also a Mississippi kid who played committed to Indiana out of high school, uh, and is now back. I think Keyes... And and possibly Radar Jones could could factor in its safety. I don't know that Radar is going to be a corner at Mississippi State.
2: Really? Yeah. Because of skill set or need?
1: I think it's more. I mean, he just fits better as a safety. Yeah. Okay.
2: So that's uh, that's Mississippi State's transfer class. So when you include Treori, and again, not sure about his eligibility for this year. You're talking about eleven mm-hmm. guys. Uh, eleven. Yeah. 10 that you know are eligible. A um, little bit different story when you look at Ole Mrs. transfer class. They had, had 22. The time? No, not here. We got just, time just in, the rest, kinda, in the rest of the show? I, I, yeah, I think in the rest of the show we'll have time. Um, but it was 22. It's now 21 because uh, you've already had a, a wide receiver come and go in the, uh, the form of Chris Marshall the Texas A&M transfer who had a pretty good spring game for uh, for Ole Miss and was uh, a bit of a target for Lane Kiffin and some criticism, but then couldn't necessarily get it all together off the field, and so he has moved. It. Did he? Have, is there a landing spot for Chris Marshall? Where did he end up? Anybody get him?
3: I imagine the landing spot will have. A JC or CC at the end of its acronym. Okay.
2: He stays out of trouble. There, He's going to put up big numbers wherever he is, and then get right there's back into the uh, SEC.
1: Available. Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing listed on here as as where he ended up. So. All
3: right. Yeah, you don't have to be an expert. Uh, you you watch him on three plays, and yeah, that guy can play in the NFL.
2: Can, be in the operative ward. Yeah. All right, I'll ask Borky the same question I asked KDAB when we come back. What were the biggest needs for Ole Miss in the transfer portal after last season, going into this year? Then we'll look at who they got. This is Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. I listen to it at work.
0: At work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo?
2: Yes, sir. market for a new Ford F-150. Belk Ford in Oxford is the place to go. They're located on Highway 6, just west of Oxford. Got Oxford Toyota just up the hill from Belk Ford as well. Great selection of 2023 Ford F-150s. They had a bunch of different trim levels as well. Whether you're looking for a Lariat or an XLT or the trimmer package, or just a good old Ford work truck. They've got you covered at Belk Ford. Good financing deals available. You can learn about more about those by talking to the sales staff at Belk Ford. If you haven't been behind the wheel of a 2023 Ford F-150, well, you're missing out. They look good, they drive great, and they can still pull a boat. So whether you're pulling a boat to the lake, you're getting ready for deer season, and you need to be able to get through that mud, you got to pull the trailer with the tractor on it to go work on some food plots, Make sure it's with a Ford F-150 or Super Duty from Belk Ford in Oxford. Tell them that Super Talk and Sports Talk Mississippi sent you. That's Belk Ford, belkford.net, and Oxford Toyota on Highway 6 West in Oxford. So we looked at Mississippi State's recruiting class via the transfer portal. Kind of a reminder there there's going to be a bunch of new names on the roster that you're trying to figure out, okay, who's that guy, where's he from? Oh, Oh, yeah, transfer portal guy. Well, you're really going to need a roster if you're talking about Ole Miss. 22 in the transfer portal, 21 that are still with this Ole Miss team. Borky, in your mind, what were the biggest positions of need that Ole Miss had to add to be ready for this year through the transfer portal? 1A, 1B, defensive line, linebacker. Uh, it needed
3: defensive line help badly, needed linebacker backer help badly. Uh, wide receiver, tight end, if you want to loop them into a combo, sure. Uh, running back, which they didn't add. And defensive back. Okay. Well, let's in start that, with the I think in that order is the, the right order. And then if they want a fifth or sixth quarterback, they can add those two. That'll be last.
2: So we'll start with the... <laughs> just, I got one of those. At least one. couple.
3: Well, they got a recruit that reclassified to come in for, for this
2: year. So... But, you know? but lost a commitment as well, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. All right, so on that defensive line, Stefan Wynn, big boy, 6'4", 299, from Nebraska. He is a uh, fifth-year senior, originally a four-star guy out of high school. I believe he's a sixth-year senior. Sixth-year senior. I think, right? Correct me
3: if I'm wrong. He has recorded a stat in five college football seasons.
2: I mean, you you can do that now with a red shirt year and a COVID year mixed in. We're still in that window where that works.
3: I believe he was uh, on Alabama's team with Pete Golding, starting in 2018 to 21, and then played at Nebraska last year. Wow, I believe Have that it. is accurate.
2: Akilo Stone uh, comes over from Georgia Tech, another defensive lineman, and yeah, we'll see where he he fits into the uh, mix. He's a younger guy, a, a red shirt freshman. Um, yeah, they. He's got some growing to do. He does. That, that was a depth
3: piece. So uh, it, it happened a long time ago, so it doesn't feel uh, not important's Not the right word, but Josh Harris. Don't forget a so, uh, transfer portal defensive lineman as well from NC State. Um, I was working my way to him. Oh, I. When you went to Stone, at, in terms of quality
2: of pickup. I just I just started at the bottom of the list and was oh, working my way up. There's no no rhyme or reason to the order there. Josh Harris. I mean, I I talked about him. We talked about him after the spring game. He is a massive human being. He's listed at six two. Okay, I'll take your word for it. If you just if I just looked at him and you said, hey, tell me how tall he is and how much he weighs, I'd be like, like. Six feet, 330. He's listed at 6'2, 315, but he is massive. And the thing that's interesting to me is, all right, how many snaps are you getting out of him? How many snaps is he going to be able to give you a game? Is he, uh, can give you a couple of downs and then comes out, or is he a stay on the field guy? But he is a space eater in the middle of that defensive line and, and has a chance to be an anchor in the middle of the defensive line which they need. Um all right, linebackers. Jeremiah Jean Baptiste, the UCF transfer, you might be getting to it too. Don't forget about
3: Isaac Ukwu, the uh defensive end from James
2: Madison. Porky, there's so many names on this list. I, I know
3: it's 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 crazy, but um yeah, that's he was first team all Sunbelt guy from uh from James Madison. So the defensive line was the biggest priority, right? They returned what you would call three guys that you know can give you a lot. You can throw Jamon Gordon there, I guess. But with Johnson, if he's healthy, Ivy and Piggies. Mm-hmm. And they've added first-team all-sunbelt guy, sixth-year senior, and what, fifth, fourth- or fifth-year senior with Harris. She's played a lot of football as well. So while those three guys that they added, that they expect to be instant impact guys, have not played for Ole Miss, at least you've got, what is it, 10 combined years of Division I football playing experience between the three of them, which should, in in theory, help. So they needed that defensive line help badly, and they at least addressed it on experience. It's got to translate, of course. Sure, But
2: experience-wise...
3: In, in quality of prospect, they did well there.
2: Monty Montgomery, one of the linebackers, comes in from Louisville. Also, Gene Baptiste, who we mentioned uh, just a second ago. Some secondary pieces also. Zamari Walton, the transfer from Georgia Tech, expected to uh, kind of be out on an island at, uh, at one of the quarterback spots. You get Deshaun Gaddy, the uh, transfer from North Texas. He's also a senior quarter.
4: And there was a,
3: a thing there, uh, so he committed to Ole Miss, I think, in January, and then there was some kind of transfer hang-up deal, and he got it figured out because he enrolled in school after uh, after spring. So there was a there there's a chance, at least for a little while, I thought that they may not get him because, you know, the, these are also student athletes. Sometimes we forget that, but the academics have to line up, and, and there was some kind of hang-up there. So he was a big pickup at the time, and then, oh, well, he may not be able to transfer, and then he can, obviously.
2: So it worked out. You got John Saunders, uh, the transfer from Miami of Ohio at uh, safety. I-, I think they're expecting big things they from uh, from him. Uh, offensive side, Zachary Franklin. Zachary Franklin and Trey Harris. Those are the two wide receivers that have gained the most attention. Franklin coming from UTSA, Trey Harris coming from Louisiana Tech. Um, But Franklin knew, so he didn't commit until June 3rd, was not around for the spring, and Trey Harris, who was around for the spring, is enrolled already, was banged up and didn't participate. They're excited about those two wide receivers Caden Priestcorn, the tight end from Memphis, who is uh, is listed as a junior. I think this is his fourth year, even though he's listed as a junior. Um, Spencer Sanders, talked about him. Walker Howard, talked a little bit about him. Chris Marshall came and went already, so that was uh, one piece on the uh, the wide receiver puzzle that's not going to be there. Uh, and then you got a couple of linemen as well. Uh, Quincy McGee coming from uh, from UAB. He is a big boy, too. It's 6'4", 345. I think with what they've got happening on the offensive line, that's a depth piece there. And then Victor Kern, who comes over from Washington as well. yeah, Is he going to be a starter on the offensive line or not? I, I don't know. But, Borky, I know having a couple of guys that you can add that have playing experience that can give you some depth on the offensive line is important, because that's an area that Ole Miss has struggled in recent years The first group's been pretty good, but they haven't been able to come off the field as much as they needed to because there was really nobody else that they trusted to go in. And and something that's
3: going under-discussed is, you know, position coaches sometimes, you hire a guy to be a tight end coach to be a recruiter or or whatever. Sometimes position coaches are, you know, they move around a lot and and not a whole lot changes. But but Miss had to do something on the offensive line besides just add guys. Um, Thornton out. Now, Auburn people will tell you that Hugh Freeze poached him from Ole Miss. That was not the case. He he was not going to return um, a- after the Egg Bowl was saying bye to the players before Auburn even hired Hugh Freeze. So they can say that if they would like to, I suppose. But, uh, but John Garrison replacing him. He was the guy that was at NC State and had the first-round pick there a couple years ago. Um, they need that to be good because up front, the, the running numbers mask the poor play from the offensive line last year, which is weird to say. It's weird to say they weren't good enough up front and also they led the SEC in rushing. Like those two things don't add up, but they did not protect well enough last year. They, they, and, and they got exposed in Baton Rouge, they got exposed by Mississippi State. They've got to be better up front. And it's not just personnel. They need John Garrison to step in and, and improve the unit um,
2: more so than than Jake Thornton could. Hey Dad, you'll forgive me, I missed a couple of names. There were two corners also, in Jaden Kennedy and uh, DeJon Anthony. Uh, Kennedy coming from uh, from Tulane and Anthony from Liberty. And the last one is an athlete, Tasia Young, who's a red shirt junior that came from uh, from FAU. A lot of dudes better get your uh, your roster handy. Buy your game program. If those still exist. You need a program need to. when you when you get there. Sports Talk Mississippi. That's your college football fix driven by Ford. We'll be right back.
0: Okay, what we do next?
4: Keep it moving, buddy.
0: You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. on Super Talk, Mississippi.
2: catfish tour presented by superior catfish is off and running as brian haydad and robbie falk of the thunder and lightning podcast trek around the state to catfish houses to talk food and of course bulldog sports catch the show anywhere you listen to podcasts and watch the episodes on supertalk mississippi's youtube channel for generations superior catfish has cultivated fresh delicious catfish and they perfected a process to ensure that you receive the finest product available remember always ask for superior catfish, at your favorite grocer and restaurant. What's the next stop on the catfish tour? Maybe the final stop.
1: And off and running is not really right. It's uh it's uh, screeching to down, a halt. But we'll be oh, screeching to a halt is not the right word either. Okay. Uh, we will be a Saturday night. We will be in Algoma, Mississippi, at the famous Seafood Junction.
2: That's right. You invited me to that one. I did. You did. That's uh yum. That sounds good. Sounds really, really good. Hey, and don't forget, Ryan that will be on the radio tomorrow night, in case I forget to tell you tomorrow, right after Sports South Mississippi count. wraps does it count? up. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh six to seven, thunder and lightning on the radio. Uh, a couple of draft things. Baseball draft. Um with the six hundred tenth pick. That was five from the end. The Los Angeles Dodgers selected DJ Uyangalile, a two-way player from Oregon State. Borky told me that was a sign that the draft is still too long. Still too long. Yeah. Uh, Just uh, five picks before that, the New York Metropolitans. Selected Mississippi State outfielder Kellum Clark. So he is taken in the 20th round. 606th pick overall. I don't care where you get drafted. It's cool when your name gets called. So congratulations to Kellum Clark on being drafted. How does, is that, He's he has a year left if he wants it, right? He has a year left, okay. yes. Yes. Do you think based on where he's drafted, he exercises that list last year or is it time to go play pro ball?
1: I mean, I'll be honest, you, I'm surprised he went that late. I thought he would go earlier than the 20th round. So I would guess he's gone, but he might come back. You never know.
2: Okay. We will uh, we will wait and see on that. Luke sent me a message. Luke Johnson sent me a message before the show started today. And I can't see that this happened. But counting Blake Wehunt from Kennesaw State and Hurston Waldrip, 10 pitchers from Southern Miss's 2022 pitching staff have been drafted and if Nico Maza ends up being drafted and I don't think he was it would have gotten to 11. So you had 10 pitchers off of that staff from 2 years ago for uh for Southern Miss that ended up drafted, which is really impressive. Who coached those guys?
1: Good recruiting.
2: Um well, Scott Berry was the head coach and I think Christian Ostrander was the uh, pitching coach. He is now the head Where's coach. He? Yeah. he? Oh. Yes. Yes. Uh, we did get a message that says, on top of the four current players from Southern Miss that were drafted and all the other senior departures, Southern Miss lost two signees. Will Verdung from Itawamba Community College and Andrew Landry from CELA said it may be tough for uh, for Oz on the mound in year one. It, it may be, although he has had a tendency to figure out a way to get it done on the mound. Um Communicated with uh, Coach Oz a little bit uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he's going to join us soon. Look forward to visiting with him and kind of talking with him about getting settled in and getting this uh, program rolling under his tutelage as, uh, as well. So, um, good stuff there. Covered a lot of ground this afternoon. Yeah. A lot of ground.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Feels good. That's, that's good stuff. How many questions is Kirby Smart going to have to answer about whether or not he's lost control of his program at SEC None. Media Days next week? Zero. Hmm.
1: he they're, uh, they're, they're trying to get a retraction today. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they sent a formal notice to the AJC about they want a retraction for that last article.
2: Really? Mm-hmm. Um, Kirby Smart did say today that he has yet to solve the speeding issue that has plagued his team but that he is constantly looking and searching for ways to address it he says I'll be the first to admit we haven't solved that issue or problem I don't honestly know that anybody has but certainly for us it's important to acknowledge at first we've had a lot of intervention in terms of talking and visiting and discipline measures have been implemented in terms of education we'll continue to do that hmm Okay. And Kirby Smart went on to say, it's one of those things that we want to manage, but it's a tough situation to manage when you have 18- to 22-year-old men, and a lot of them are driving for the first time. You know, every fall we have 25 new guys. We've averaged five guys that come here at 18 years old with no driver's license, and we continue to work on that. I don't have the exact answer. I wish I did, we continue to work on that. I'm one of those that believes abuse brings control, and we'll continue to educate our players the best we can and try to do a better job. Hey, Georgia, slow down! I guess. All right. That puts a uh, bow on this edition of Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll do it again tomorrow right here in the Pearl River Resort Studio. For Hey Dad and Borky, I'm Richard Cross. Good night.